Football fans far and wide, welcome to episode 6 of the Football v. Football podcast. On the heels of this incredible 39-28 victory of the Washington Huskies over the Michigan State Spartans in the greatest setting in college football on Saturday night. Uh, what an incredible game. So I'm a Washington Huskies supporter. I went uh, to the school from uh, 2010 to 2012 for grad school. And this ranks up there with one of the best wins I've ever seen. Uh, maybe along with the 2016 team um, when they beat Stanford and Oregon uh, when they crushed them both. Um, just want to go over some points in the game here. Uh, this is a real monumental win for this team. So um, I want to start off with the quarterback, Michael Penix. Uh, this guy came at a, I'm not sure he played in Indiana, I know, and he's been through a lot of injuries throughout his career. He played incredibly, incredibly poised today. 24 for 40, 397 yards, four touchdowns. You don't see that often. You don't see that often in a college quarterback that doesn't have a name that's playing the 11th ranked team in the country in Michigan State. In the beginning of the game, after, I believe, the uh, Washington started off on a very fast start, scored a touchdown almost in the first, I think, five minutes or so. Um, and they were crushing this Michigan State defense. And I remember at the beginning of maybe the second drive, the second uh, U- University of Washington second drive, Somebody on the Michigan State defense um, roughed the uh, uh, Michael Penix. Uh, did one of the he he you know roughed the quarterback, got a roughing the passer call, and I remember he was doing something with his hands. He kept doing this with his hands, which I'm not sure what that. I could probably look it up, but I'm not sure what that means. But it it just seemed like that was a way to try to intimidate him. And that was a turning point. I thought, you know, he could either go, he, he can go either way. He could, you know, kind of fold in under the pressure in this way. I mean, at Indiana, I'm not sure that he had a game that was this big or this consequential, but he did the opposite. And I thought they, they did a lot of, they had a really, they had a lot of courageous calls. Um, their new coach, uh, Kalen DeBoer, had a lot of really courageous calls. Going for it on fourth down um, multiple times. I think at least three or four times. I think the first one, you know, that really set the tone when they were able to convert on that first uh, fourth down. Um, I think one of the receivers bobbled the the ball and caught it. Um, but once you kind of get into that mindset that you're going to give your players a chance to make those plays, and they do, you establish that experience and knowing that you're able to make those plays and that you're you're using all four downs. Uh, that shows a lot of confidence in your in your offense. And you know they got off to a um, it was a little sloppy after an, an initial hot start, but um, uh, there were a lot of tremendous plays. Um, I have to give credit to the Michigan State defense. Uh, that 
defense was very, very stout on the one-yard line. Uh, I think they denied Washington at least a couple times. Um, they reminded me of the Seahawks on Monday. You know, they, they give up a bunch of yards, but then when they get to the... If you get them on the one-yard line, that Washington uh, offensive line wasn't getting any push at all. Uh, that defense just seemed much bigger than them on the on the line, and that really showed itself in the um, on those uh, goal line plays. Um, one of the things that that the Huskies kind of kept doing on offense, which I thought was very effective, was they would they would snap, and then the entire offense would move one way, all the linemen and many of the receivers, and then the quarterback would turn around and go the other way, and there was just one player that was running in the other direction, one receiver running in the other direction, and it fooled the entire Michigan State defense, and that worked at least like three, four times. Very, and it was supposed to, to work another time, I remember, and I think one of the receivers dropped a ball. But I love wrinkles like that. I love when, when, when teams do stuff like that and they continue to do trick plays. Um, I will say also Michigan State has some good receivers. I know that they were missing some guys today, but that guy, Keon Coleman, what were his stats? Nine catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns. It's It, it felt like he did even more than that. Uh, it felt like he had 20 catches for 300 yards. He was everywhere. They also have another... Uh, Good or a, you know a good couple of receivers in uh, Bar- Barker and uh, Mosley, but Coleman definitely stood out. They kept talking about how he's also a, be- a basketball player on on Michigan State, um, and it definitely showed. I mean that guy was was like he was catching rebounds on everything. He was uh, he had a lot of contested catches. I mean he was the reason why this game was close. I think at one point this game was maybe 39 to 14 or to 20 or something like that. But that guy Coleman kept it close and Thorne as well, their quarterback. He kept it um he didn't give up. Uh so a lot of credit to him. The game started out 22 to 0. Um Washington went up and it seemed like things were just going too well. There was a safety in the beginning of the game when, you know, after Michigan State made that fourth down stop in the end zone, um, their running back slipped and fell in the end zone, and it resulted in a safety that wasn't really even Washington's defense that did much there. The guy just kind of slipped in the end zone. And it just seemed like everything was, like, going really, really well. And then, I, you know, when it was, like, 22 nothing. Uh, Washington special teams bobbled the snap, and it was supposed to be, you know, 23 nothing with an extra point. But that 22 nothing start against the 11th ranked team, I was just thinking, you know, like, how is this possible? Holy crap! It's it, it was just an incredible, incredible start. Um, and all throughout the first half, the Washington defense had incredible gap integrity they weren't you know they, they were always in their position they were tackling very very soundly they weren't letting anything you know uh get past them there weren't 
you know, any missed tackles that I saw. Something that I'm not used to with this team, uh, or I haven't been used to at least in maybe six years since the 2016 team. Um, both teams were going for it on fourth down a lot. I'm not sure if that's a new thing, even like within college football, that they're just going for it on fourth down, whatever the circumstances. But that was, I'd never seen that many, regardless of the situation in the game, both teams were just going for it on fourth down. But when you convert on fourth down, it is a huge, huge momentum booster for the offense. But as much as it is a momentum booster for the offense, it is almost completely deflating for the defense. So those shifts, and I think maybe as t- teams start doing this more, it'll become more commonplace and, and teams will become more or less affected by it. But right now it's just stunning for for whichever team, if the offense gets it, it's it's stunning for the defense and, and, and vice versa. So that's something to watch out for, I think, kind of just within football in general or college football in general. Those are huge, huge momentum shifts, the, the these fourth downs. It looked like at different points in the game, the Michigan State quarterback, uh, Thorne, and the Washington quarterback, Penix, uh, got injured. But they both they both fought through it. I think on Thorne, it was a very gutsy play. He was reaching out um, when they were down by like two or three touchdowns. He extended himself for... Uh, uh, as he was running to, to reach for a first down and it looked like he was kind of like gimpy for a period. And, uh, Penix, I think also got injured at some point and he was kind of hobbling out there, could barely walk, but they both stayed in the game. And I have to give big kudos to both of them for, for doing that. Cause this was, this was a massive game and there are some players that don't have that kind of grit to stay in the game. So big kudos to both of these quarterbacks. I really, respect uh people that um you know play through that kind of pain and in in big moments and and stand there for their team so kudos to both of those guys and so this this point is something that i hadn't seen before or i don't i don't i watch a lot of football and i hadn't seen what university of washington did in the end of the second half, beginning of the, uh, sorry, the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, where UW didn't play safe with the lead at all. I mean, you know, when you're up 22 nothing or 22-7, whatever it was to, at the end of the, the, the second quarter, you at least run some running place to try to chew out clock because th- that's a significant lead. But that TD drive that they did at the end of the, the second quarter when they were up 22-7 to seven with urgency, I think there was maybe like a minute left or 40 seconds left, and they were throwing on every single play trying to get another touchdown, and I think they ended the, the, the half 29-7. to seven. Like I said, I've been watching a lot of football. Teams don't do that. Even it, though that's like semi-early in the game, with that big of a lead teams start to try to take off clock, especially against a team like this. I mean, Washington's not ranked. Michigan State was 11th in the country. 
for them to do something like that, I was extremely impressed. I mean, this Kalen DeBoer style um, offense is very, very pass heavy, even though they have the capability to run the ball. And they did at the very, very beginning of the game. It was very strategic. I think the, the announcers, RG3 was one of them. There's an, an, another announcer said, you know, this this team is known, and this this uh, coach is known to be a passing uh, philosophy coach, and I think that's what Michigan State defense was expecting. And so at the beginning of the game, Washington was running the ball. They ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and had some effectiveness, and that was kind of a a message. They did that as a message to uh, Michigan State that they can beat them either way. And that really set up the pass. There was a long pass, I think, either to Jalen Polk or or, or, uh, McMillan. And by the way, those guys, incredible. Polk, six catches, 153 yards, three touchdowns. Um, And McMillan had seven catches for 94 yards. Um, Yeah, Polk, what a... I mean, what a day! What a day. I mean, there are a lot of deep passes. There's a lot of, you know, this Michigan State team. I, I understand that. You know, I don't watch a lot of, you know, Big Ten football. I didn't follow them closely last year, but they were talking about how, as great a team as they are, on offense, the their offense is why that they're ranked so high. The defense was known to get sliced, sliced and diced last year, and I think that's, you know, gonna has carried over into this year. I mean, those first two games were kind of like you know, preseason games, but this is their first test and they're showing that their, their defense isn't, isn't great. And, you know, there was this thing about their coach, Mel Tucker, all, he just said it over and over and over again. They were very, it seemed they were very worried about the trip from Michigan to Washington and how their sleep schedule was affected. I heard it several times on Seattle Sports Radio throughout the week that that the Michigan State coach kept saying he didn't allow his players on the plane to sleep for more than 30 minutes or, or whatever it was so that they don't mess up their sleep schedule. And then it was said again at the beginning of the game by the announcers. And then they they interviewed Mel Tucker. They showed an interview with Mel Tucker, and they he said it again twice. He said sleep, conditioning, sleeping rhythm or something like that he, he just kept saying it and I'm not sure why he must have had something that that in the past his teams his his players were sleepy or something like that uh, and, and it, it affected them previously but um, I thought that was bizarre I thought that was really bizarre that uh, he was focusing on that so these are uh, you know a couple aspects that I hadn't <laughs> really seed before in football this thing about you know continuing to just kind of go for it in the beginning of the game even when you're when you're up or even like towards the you know later stages of the game and then also this thing about really really focusing on on sleep those are two things that kind of stood out to me about this game um and the Washington offense they were you know another wrinkle to them is that they were going for trick plays and succeeding even when they were up by 22 points in the fourth quarter. Um, they don't care at which point in the game. They're going to run their offense. 
Um, and it wasn't until very, very, very late in the game, I think midway through the fourth quarter, where they they start to, to tighten up a little bit. And it wasn't so much the play calling. It was, I think, the players maybe became a little complacent. Uh, the Washington players on offense, they weren't they weren't as effective, and they weren't converting. And there was some momentum for Michigan State to get back in the game. I think they scored two two scores to get it to 28-39. Um, and then um, the that battle between Keon Coleman and Julius Irvin, uh, Julius Irvin made a a huge huge play uh, to break up that that fourth down that Coleman could have caught because he'd been catching everything the rest of the game. But that was that matchup between Keon Coleman and Julius Irvin was probably the most entertaining one throughout the night. Irvin made plays. He made, he got an interception. He had that huge pass breakup. Coleman was just like the balls were tipped several times and he was still catching them off tip and bobbling and catching them. Uh, Coleman that, he he was despite what you know, what Polk and McMillan uh, did and uh, Roma Dunze on on Washington. The most impressive offensive player in this game was not on Washington. It was Coleman on Michigan State. I mean, you can watch that game and and that's the only conclusion. Um, not to say that Washington didn't have amazing players. They do. I mean, you look at the stats and they they absolutely do. But it was more kind of spread out. Michigan State, it was Keon Coleman. Um, and something, you know, the names of some of these cornerbacks for Washington, you got Julie Servin, and on the Seahawks, you have Michael Jackson and Kobe Bryant. So some of these, I, I, I don't know, that's kind of interesting. Some of these defensive backs in Seattle, they're just, uh, they all have celebrity names. And there's been others in the past as well. I thought that was kind of interesting, but anyway, I just wanted to uh, get this recap in. Uh, I tried to stream live on YouTube. Uh, it didn't take this time. I'm going to continue to try doing that because that's just a lot easier than filming this and having to upload again. But I wanted to get this uh, rapid reaction out here. This is the first college football uh, podcast that I am uh, putting up. It's the um, you know rapid reaction to. Uh, this Washington game, I foresee, you know, Michigan State maybe dropping into the low 20s or out of the ranking and Washington ascending, but it's not going to be, I don't see Michigan State falling off too much because Washington's a good team and they're, they're, they're going to show that throughout this year. Um, but I think Washington's at least going to be in the top 20, maybe somewhere around 15 or, or so. Um, and hopefully they can crack the top 10 if they continue to do this well. And we'll see what happens to them the, the rest of the season. Uh, so I'll just wanted to say that I'll, I'll wrap up here. Um, as I mentioned in in all my podcasts, if you want to follow me on, on Instagram, it's uh, football underscore V underscore football. On Twitter, it's Fball V Fball. Podcasts are available on Spotify and Anchor and on YouTube as well. And uh, you can support the podcast on uh, Kofi, K-O-F-I, forward slash football v football. So thanks all for listening to this uh, inaugural college football podcast. Washington Huskies take down the Michigan State Spartans, 11th ranked, 39 to 28.
bow down to Washington and have a fantastic day, football fans.